Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. A little later in the show, we're going to talk about the Underground Railroad, how its history is being preserved and celebrated here in Southeast Michigan, but also about the parallels that exist between the dynamics of the Underground Railroad and some of the immigration crisis that we see here uh, in the United States and Canada today, a really unusual dynamic uh, that is growing here in this country and our neighbor to the north. So you're not going to want to miss that conversation. But first, over the weekend, Attorney General Jeff Sessions requested the resignations of all Obama-era federal attorneys. That's 40 appointed U.S. attorneys, including Barbara McQuaid from the Eastern District of Michigan. The attorneys had little choice but to leave An attorney from New York City said he would refuse to resign, and he was promptly fired. What will a wave of vacant seats mean for the federal court system? Could the mass resignations be a boon, maybe, for state Democratic parties, uh, who will see a lot of people entering, perhaps, local politics who had not thought about it before? And just how common is it for new administrations to remove sitting attorneys from previous administrations. Joining me now to talk about all of those things is Barbara McQuaid, now the former U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of Michigan. Barbara, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks very much, Stephen. Absolutely. Uh, So they announced this, uh, that they were going to ask everyone to resign on Friday. And my understanding is this is an immediate uh, effect. There's an immediate effect to this. That part of this is unusual. There's been a lot of people talking about this, making a lot out of the idea that uh, U.S. attorneys are being asked to resign. That happens each time we switch presidents. The idea, though, that you would do it and say, this is as of uh, today or as of tomorrow is unusual. Yeah, you know, it's customary for a new president to come in and uh, replace U.S. attorneys uh, in due course. But, uh, you know, after the election, we were asked to hold over to ensure an orderly transition. So I think most of us expected that we could stick around until our successors were identified. Uh, and then suddenly, you know, very late on a Friday afternoon, asked to resign immediately, which is a little disruptive to our offices. Yeah. Uh, you know, the work we do, I think, is incredibly important. And so, you know, for the next couple of weeks, I'll still be there to help transition things and make sure that our career prosecutors are well positioned to be successful. Yeah. I mean, the administration early on had had signaled that it wanted some sort of orderly transition between uh, U.S. attorneys who had served under Obama and, and, and I guess the new people they want to pick. And then all of a sudden they, they sort of say, well, yeah. Let's let's get going with that, and you're out. It's it, it's a little bit of a mixed message. Um, it, it was a little unsettling, but you know it is the prerogative of the president, and so uh, I certainly complied with his request to resign, and you know we move on. Yeah, uh, I want to talk to you about some of the work that you've done over the years that you've been in this job. Uh, they've been very eventful years here in Southeast Michigan. This is always a very active U.S. Attorney's Office. I feel like there's been some uh, extraordinary things that have that have happened here, but I also want to talk to you about some of the relationships that are important in this U.S. Attorney's Office that may not apply in in other parts of uh, the country uh, because of the large uh, Arab American and Muslim population here in Southeast Michigan. I feel like your office has to has a sort of heightened sensitivity uh, to those issues. Uh, you've done a lot of work to try to bridge or I guess reach out to, to that community that you think of the other sort of immigration issues that uh, that rear their heads in 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 southwest Detroit uh, talk about what that has been like for the last eight years just the relationship building that 
uh, attends this office that maybe doesn't uh, doesn't look the same as it would in in Nebraska or or, or uh, Idaho or someplace like that. Well, I think it's very important to get out and meet with the people that you serve and make sure people understand uh, the message that we're here to serve you and we want to listen to your concerns. So we get out and meet with people in many different communities, especially those who are impacted by our work. So the Muslim and Arab community is one that we meet with frequently because we want to understand their concerns, we want to earn their trust. And when we when we have the trust of a community, then they're more likely to come forward to us with information when they have tips and leads about suspicious activity. We do the same in the Hispanic community in Southwest Detroit with the LGBT community with the Jewish community in light of the recent uh, bomb threats they've been receiving at, at Jewish community centers, um, in neighborhoods in Detroit, all of those communities are really important to get out and listen to their concerns so that we can understand how best to serve them. And and when you were doing this, uh, what was the reaction in that in those communities? I mean, in some of these communities, they didn't have all of that much of a relationship with the U.S. Attorney's Office in the past. Is that true? Well, I, I don't want to uh, take all the credit for this. The uh, relationship in the Arab and Muslim community really began shortly after 9-11 when yes. U.S. Attorney Jeff Collins and others formed a group called Bridges to reach out to that community. So I really c- continued that work and tried to build upon it. Um, but the reaction is is mixed. Sometimes uh, people are very grateful to have you there and have an opportunity to voice their concerns. Sometimes the discussion gets very spirited when people have strong opinions about things that are happening in, in their government. But I think uh, we can provide an important service by helping them to understand uh, who does what in government, you know, the alphabet soup of different agencies, help them sort out who's doing what, help them sort out what is truth from uh, from uh, myth. As, you know, Sometimes urban legends pro- pop up about certain kinds of things. So we do our best to dispel that. And I also think it helps to, to make government accountable. Uh-huh. When I know that I am going back every month or every quarter and facing these people, um, it makes me think about the decisions that I make uh, because I know they're going to hold me accountable for them. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Barbara McQuaid, now the former U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of Michigan, among uh, 40 appointed U.S. attorneys who were asked by Attorney General Jeff Sessions to resign last week. Uh, we're talking about her tenure in the office, uh, the office itself, and in a few minutes we're going to talk about what her future might look like. Uh, give us a call if you want to join the conversation. Conversation. You have a question for Barbara McQuaid. 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. Uh, we'll work your comments into the conversation. Again, 313-577-1019. Uh, Barbara, a, a lot of the focus when since you've been U.S. attorney has also been on political corruption, which uh, we, we've seen. We've seen, I, I, I think it's fair to say, uh, under your tenure, uh, a more aggressive approach uh, to political corruption, uh, starting, of course, with uh, the the prosecution of uh, former mayor Kwame Kilpatrick, uh, which which I think may have unfolded or began before you took office, uh, but but you certainly oversaw uh, the, the the trial work and 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 that stuff there. Uh, but but you've also you've also made a point of the need to hold government accountable uh, government officials accountable, uh, and and there have been some pretty strong statements made by. Uh, the FBI and and other parts of uh, the Justice Department here about the the pervasiveness of 
political corruption uh, in Detroit. G- give us a sense of uh, where you think we are with that, if that's something you expect would continue even after your tenure in the office. Uh, that's one of the things that I think, unfortunately, has marked Southeast Michigan for a really long time. You know, one of the things I wanted to do when I started was to align our attorney resources with, with what I identified as the priorities of our region. Um, and so we set up separate units to look at one public corruption, another on civil rights, one on health care fraud, and another on violent crime, in addition to a lot of the other work that we were doing. And each of those units has been extremely productive, um, with with cases. And one of those, as you mentioned, is is public corruption. I don't think our region is any different from anywhere else. Um, as someone uh, I know once said, greed is a mighty river and uh, human nature being what it is when people offer you opportunities for a lot of money and you think no one is looking, then um, it's very tempting to take it. What we've tried to change in the equation is to make them realize that someone is looking yeah. and hopes of deterring that behavior. You know, you know, hope that most people in public office and in public schools and in the police department are good, honest people who work very hard. And I know many people in all of those fields who are very honest and work very hard. But in, in any group, there are those who will be tempted. And I hope that by uh, letting them know that there's someone watching that does change the equation. You know, I, I, I analogy I sometimes use is when we're driving, um, so, sometimes uh, maybe uh, some of us in this room on occasion exceed the speed limit. Um, <laughs> but when you see a police car, you slow down because you don't want to get caught. And I think that public corruption in some ways is like that. Uh, if people realize that you're going to get caught and there's a price to pay, then maybe if they're moral conscience doesn't stop them, then the threat of being caught will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think we're we're uh, turning the dial on that here in Southeast Michigan, that, that people are more aware of potential consequences and perhaps less likely to engage in uh, illegal behavior? I hope so. One of the things I heard about when Kwame Kilpatrick was being prosecuted is uh, there were some criticisms that, well, you know, he's only doing every, the same things that people have done for decades in Detroit. Well, it's time for that to stop. I wasn't here decades ago. I can't change what happened in the past, but I can change what's happening now and hope that that will change what happens in the future. So I hope by sending a message that we don't tolerate that in Detroit, we expect better. Uh, our citizens deserve honest government and public service. And if people think that that's a way to get wealthy, they are mistaken. There are plenty of ways to get wealthy in the world. Go start a business. But public service is not one of them. Yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 to join the conversation. I'm talking with Barbara McQuaid, now the former U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of Michigan. Again, 313-577-1019. Let's go to Peter in Bloomfield Township. Peter, welcome Good morning. To the show. Thanks for having me. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Go ahead. Uh, my question is, what do you do in a situation where you feel like there's a, a kind of agenda coming with an entire office of people that have just been appointed to replace you? I mean, it, it has to be there has to be some degree of feeling unnerved if certain investigations that your office was looking for are now being pushed aside by someone who is being told not specifically look in that direction. I mean, that's a very general question, but is there ever a sense of that? Yeah, Peter, thank you very much uh, for the question. Uh, we, we should we should say up front that they haven't named a replacement for you yet. Uh, the, the Trump administration has actually had a hard time, I feel like, uh, choosing people for lots of posts that they have appointees in. But presumably they will eventually come up with somebody uh, to do this job. And the fear always, I think, when you shift administrations is that you shift priorities Talk about the things that you did that you think maybe uh, maybe the next U.S. attorney might not uh, might not have so much of a focus on. 
Yeah, well, Peter, I, I understand your concern, but I do want to assure you that our office has 115 career prosecutors. And until I was a U.S. attorney, I was one of them. I uh, have been in the office for 19 years, and I worked in the administrations of Bill Clinton and then George W. Bush uh, and then Barack Obama. And so um, the work of those people really doesn't change. And we have a strong tradition and requirement of being independent. And so I'm hopeful that uh, no matter who President Trump appoints to do this work, we'll continue that tradition of independence and we'll look at cases and charge them regardless of party. You know, I was appointed by a Democratic president, but nonetheless charged people of all political stripes, including some Democrats like Mayor Kilpatrick and Supreme Court Justice Diane Hathaway. And we really did that without regard to political party. I always said that you can't be thinking about your next job while you're in this job, and you can't be worried about who you might offend if you're going to take this job. So I'm hopeful that uh, whoever uh, gets this job will continue that tradition of independence. Well, and that raises, I think, uh, another question about the priorities of the of the current administration, uh, the focus on immigration and the focus on deportation. Uh, that's always been a part of the work of the U.S. Attorney's Office, there's no question that the president has said he wants it to be more of a priority. Do you worry about that uh, damaging perhaps the relationships that we were talking about up front, the relationships with the Arab American and, and Muslim communities, the relationships with the Latino uh, community in southwest Detroit? Uh, there's a balance there that you've got to strike. They seem sort of, I guess, more weighted to one side of it. Yeah, the new U.S. attorney will have some challenges to try to uh, navigate that because I think the Trump administration has made it clear that it is going to increase as a priority uh, immigration enforcement. One of the great things during the time I was U.S. attorney is we had a lot of discretion to set our own priorities. And we did prosecute some uh, immigration offenses, reentry after deportation, someone who has yeah. already once been deported, is now back in the country. But we typically... Uh, prosecuted only those who already had a criminal record. So we tried to prioritize. You know, if you, if you pro we don't have the resources to prosecute everybody, so you want to go after people who actually pose some sort of risk to the community. And so um, I am concerned that it could open up, uh, you know, we could be directed to uh, prosecute a larger group of people, which could cause some tensions, but that just makes that work all the more important to get out into the community to try to explain uh, what it is we're doing, what it is we're not doing, and, uh, uh, you know, do our best to help uh, members of the community understand uh, the mission. Yeah. Uh, Peter, thank you very much uh, for the call. Let's go to Paul in Warren. Paul, welcome. Hi, to good the morning. Today. Yeah, go ahead. So, so I was wondering, with the new U.S. attorney coming in, is there an expectation that the uh, Macomb County corruption probe will be disrupted? Uh, great question, Paul. Uh, that, that's another uh, effort that uh, has gotten a lot of press coverage uh, that, that the U.S. Attorney's Office is, is involved in. And I think there are a lot of questions in people's minds about sort of how deep that goes, how far it might reach. Uh, talk about what has been going on in Macomb County and what the expectation might be with a new U.S. attorney. I can talk about what's been uh, public in that case, and I would expect that that case will continue. You know, again, I don't think that any pending case uh, will be disrupted because they're assigned to career prosecutors who are working on those cases. It is likely to be many months before a uh, the president nominates and someone is confirmed to be the official U.S. attorney. And in the meantime, we have an acting U.S. attorney who is the first assistant, Dan Lemish, 
who is a career prosecutor who is incredibly capable. And I expect that under his leadership, uh, these cases will continue and that they will continue even after the new U.S. attorney is named. In Macomb County, as has been publicly stated, in addition to, I think it's five individuals who have been uh, publicly charged, there are the, the investigation is ongoing. And uh, I would expect that to continue and that uh, charges to uh, result wherever the evidence takes the investigation. Uh, I, I want to read you something that uh, I read in Politico uh, over the weekend. Uh, it was a quote from our state Democratic Party chair, Brandon Dillon. The story was about the U.S. attorneys who were asked to resign nationwide. They focused quite a bit on uh, you here in southeast Michigan. And Brandon Dillon says, quote, there's some people who I think would like to see her run for governor, uh, but also G- attorney general is in the mix, he said. Different people have suggested both. I just want to get you to uh, to respond to that. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, probably not. It's a, a nice <laughs> nice idea. But, you know, there are many ways to serve, and I, I want to continue to serve the public in some ways. But uh, I don't necessarily need uh, a big title or, or a lot of attention to do that. There are many ways to serve, and I do have a plan for what I'm going to do next um, that uh, I'll be announcing uh, shortly. And you, are you? Is that that you are not interested in politics? Um, maybe someday down down the road, but uh, but not for now. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a very that's a very straightforward answer. <laughs> All right, Barbara McQuaid, now former U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District of Michigan. Thank you for joining us on Detroit Today. Thanks very much, Stephen. Absolutely. All right, up next, we're going to talk about a wave of immigrants illegally crossing into Canada to escape perceived threats from the Trump administration. We'll hear from a journalist who says those crossings represent a new underground railroad. Stay with us on Detroit Today.